how would someone that's listening recognize that they need this level of reclaiming that they that they would need to work with you and what does that even look like I'm really big on trusting your gut, right? And trusting the, a feeling. So I feel like when people listen to me and they know they're ready to work with me, there's a, there's a feeling. There's a, there's something that pulls them. But oftentimes some of the circumstances are, um, they're feeling blocks in their world in what they want to create. And of course, a lot of people, when you look at sort of this, the topic of this conversation that we're having, sort of reclaiming ourselves, you know, they're feeling disconnected to who they are, or they struggle to tap into what their mission is or purpose is, or maybe they've remembered in the past and they've forgotten again in their current circumstances. And so I feel like at the core of the people who want to work with me, there's this desire to know themselves again, right? This desire to understand how they work and operate and how to craft their life in a way that really is aligned with who they are. If you know there is something deep inside of you that is yearning to be seen, to be known, and to have expression, if there's something you need to reclaim and remember, maybe it's your power, your purpose, your gifts, This is the podcast for you. Welcome to Reclaiming Ourselves. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm honored to have three amazing co-hosts, Laura Shook Guzman, Belinda Hahn, and Emily Sikorsi, here with me on this journey to self-discovery. Every week, we're going to help you unravel and remember what it means to reclaim yourself, to own who you are, to recognize your innate worth and greatness. Now, this podcast is a deep dive into self-development, healing, and empowerment. So hold on. Here we go. Just a quick note before we dive into today's episode. These initial episodes are introduction episodes. One of the reasons I chose to have co-hosts instead of guests was to give you the opportunity to get to know us and to spend the topic episodes talking about the topics. So today's special episode is a deep dive into one of the co-host stories. It's going to give you context for why we are here and what we have to contribute this season. Enjoy getting to know us. Thank you for listening. And if you want to learn more, be sure to visit reclaimingourselvespodcast.com. Welcome back to Reclaiming Ourselves. And actually, this is kind of our first pre-episode. I'm so excited because basically before we start really diving into the topics in this podcast, I'm going to be interviewing all the co-hosts. And today, Laura is going to interview me, which is very, very weird for me because I'm usually (laughs) the one directing the questions. So we'll see how this goes. So hey, Laura, thanks for being here and helping me with this. Absolutely. Yes, it's time. I know it can feel a little awkward, but it's time for you to be in the spotlight. (laughs) And sometimes, sometimes, yeah, it takes like someone else being able to pull out all the little juicy details to to help you tell your story, which I think a lot of listeners are thinking, oh yeah, I know so much. I've listened to Slania for years, or they may have worked with you. They may know a lot of things, but what we're hoping today is to kind of look at where are you now? Mm. Where have you come from across all these different years? How are you bringing all that into this new season, into these yes. really awesome projects with all of the new hosts 
co-hosts. All right. So you ready to dive in? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start with some of the basics, right? We've known that you've traveled around a lot. So where are you now? Who are you hanging with? Tell us all about your family and sort of the current place that you are in right now. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We actually right now are in Mexico, which we are loving. And we're in a little town called San Miguel de Allende, which is kind of in the mountains. So not near the beach. It's in, you know, in kind of the mountains, sort of in the middle, the heart of Mexico. And it's really gorgeous here. Like the weather is absolutely amazing, especially after going to Texas for a brief, you know, (laughs) week or two recently. We're like, we love our weather. It's like, you know, maybe high of 80, you know, and then the, it cools down at night and there's just so much beautiful, like blue sky most of the time. So we, we kind of had this journey. And I think a lot of people, especially listeners from the old podcast, will think and and be like, wasn't she going to Portugal? Wasn't she going to Europe? And we were. We were like on our way to Portugal. And two weeks before we were about to head on a plane, we made this amazing decision that Europe just didn't feel quite right with everything that was happening there energetically. And we were like, okay, well, we have two weeks. We got to go somewhere. Where, where do we want to go? And so we kind of made this pivot and ended up in... Mexico. And so yes. I know. And so that's where we are right now. And, and we've really enjoyed it. I'm here with my family. So I've got a 20 year old daughter and I've got a seven year old daughter who's almost eight. And so, you know, we're kind of navigating with them and I have my husband here as well. And so, yeah, we're just kind of enjoying being in a very different environment, a very different I don't know, it's energetic, right? Everywhere you travel, everywhere you kind of reside, it has this different energetic blueprint. And this town and Mexico has a very different energetic blueprint that I'm really resonating with right now and we we quite love. Mm, I love that. As I'm listening to you talk about it, I'm just reflecting on, you know, what a nom- nomadic path that you have chosen very intentionally for you and your family. So I'm curious mm-hmm. about like, what does that say about you? What do you think that that is representative of like your personality and like the things, you know, that when people describe you, they're like, yep, that makes sense. (laughs) You know, what do you think? Yeah, it's so interesting. It's so interesting because I go back in these cycles, like I'm probably going to talk a lot about cycles today because I'm a very kind of cyclical person, right? A lot of death and rebirth. That's a very like prominent theme in my life. And and I think there is also this cyclical of like travel and then stability and then travel and then stability. I I don't like getting too, I don't know what you'd say, like I don't like getting too comfortable in any place. And so I've traveled a lot. I've moved a lot. I really enjoy new things, new experiences. They they shift my mindset and they help me to look at everything in a new light. And that's a very important kind of theme for my life, right? That rebirth, that transformation. I feel like there's so much of me that is rooted in that piece. And so going to a new place, moving to a new place, traveling, experiencing new things, that all really adds to that theme for me. And I find that then I crave a little stability. So it's like this, you know, this back and forth of, you know, stability and then rebirth again and some change and transformation and then a little stability. So 
we thought we would travel a lot more. Like we were planning to be more fully nomadic. We were going to go to Portugal. We were going to maybe travel around Europe for a while. And as we've come to this little town in Mexico, you know, I'm really craving a bit more stability. So we know we're going to stay here for a couple of years. We really like this space. I feel like I need some space to kind of root into more of who I am and my life's work, right? And that's the thing is that when you're traveling or nomadic, there's a lot of change and I love that. And it takes a lot of energy to navigate that change, right? And navigating uncertainty, navigating change. And, and so there's like this, this cycle of, of energy towards navigating change. And right now I'm moving into this cycle of internal work, right? The cycle of internal self-exploration. And, and so then I need stability during those times because I can't navigate both the inner and the outer at the same time. So I think that's this, you know, kind of shares some of why all of this is very relevant to my journey. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And I, I think it's really beautiful because the way that you're designing your life, there's a lot of alignment, um, like you're saying, between just sort of your gravitation towards cycles and like a deeper understanding and, and a real stepping in kind of an embodiment of cycles. And then you're doing that through the cycle of, of moving, uprooting, and then settling, arriving, rooting down again and then uprooting. So there's this beautiful ebb and flow that you're literally not just thinking, talking about, but you're living it. And, and there is something about traveling outside of our, you know, even just like traveling into new countries, new cultures, it helps you see things about yourself that you may not have understood as clearly before. 100%. Really, really love it. And you absorb the energetic frequency in a new place, right? And, you know, one of the things I've talked a little bit about in terms of Mexico is it's a very feminine country, really. And the pace is more slow. And, you know, and some people that that's very frustrating, they want a more fast pace. But this is actually the energy frequency I need right now. And I think my family needs... And so, and there's family and connection is very important here. And so you, you know, when you move to a new place, you get to absorb those frequencies, those, that, that sort of energetic blueprint, and it becomes something that, you know, you get to embody and carry with you. So if you, you don't stay somewhere forever, you still carry that blueprint with you. And I think that's what's so interesting about traveling and experiencing some, a new place. Yes. Yes. So when you're thinking about those different cycles and those pivots in your life, you know, do you have a few moments that you really feel that you've learned something from a really significant shift or energetic change or, you know, what's some, some pivots that would help the listeners understand a little bit about where, how did you get to where you are today and how you're thinking and conceiving of yourself and, and the work that you do in the world. Yeah, it's so interesting because I, I kind of did a bunch of journaling, which again is very me, you know, in, in sort of exploring what is sort of these pivotal moments and in particular around this idea of reclaiming ourselves, right? Because, you know, I wanted to, I, I wanted to create this podcast as a very important topic for me. And I wanted to understand, well, what is my relationship to it? What, when have I reclaimed myself? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that taste like? And for me, it was interesting because so much of like reclaiming myself came at a point when I had to leave something, right? So there's this, you know, breaking away 
from something that allowed me maybe the space, the time, the aha moments to really reclaim myself. And so, you know, I've always really resonated. And if you know tarot decks or whatever, there's the burning tower, right? And I always have really resonated with that card because I feel like that's such a theme in my life. It's like the tower burns, everything burns down to the ground, and then I can rebirth myself, right? And so for me, reclaiming myself has been a lot of rebirthing. And, you know, and, and some of that, it's like where I've left relationships, right? I can really kind of, especially early on in my life, like I had a very sort of intense relationship where I was with someone for four years and, you know, I really loved him. He really loved me. It was this really beautiful relationship, but the life I wanted, right? Like I had this moment of recognizing that he was kind of on this track for a very normal life, right? Like house in the suburbs, golfing, you know, kind of this normal life. And that's all good. But for me, I realized like I was really needing a life of discovery. I, I needed to know who I was. I needed to understand. Now, I was like about 20 at this point. And so you know, I'd been in this relationship, I was in college, you know, I was kind of just in these structures that were very normal. And I started to to feel dissatisfied with it all and realized like I needed adventure, I needed travel, I needed new experiences, I needed to figure out who I was, you know, and, and so I broke away from that relationship. And that really set me on this amazing course of reclaiming myself, like so much self-discovery. You know, I was alone. I was, you know, kind of, I moved out into, you know, a house with a roommate. I, you know, changed jobs. Like I kind of like started to really figure out who I was and allow life to unfold, right? There was a lot more spontaneity. There was a lot more of an experience. So that was a really important time in my life. Like I often call the years after that kind of my fairy years because it was, it was the first time I'd given myself permission to follow what was right for me right? Every time before that, it was about kind of like making my family happy and, you know, taking care of my mom or my sister or my friends or, you know, it was my whole life had been about how do I serve others? How do I fit in? How do I make everybody happy? You know, and so this was the first time that it was just all about me and how can I make myself happy and what do I need? And it was very painful time as much as it was a joyous time. And I think, you know, maybe that's part of that cycle as well, right? Is like, you know, that depth of pain really kind of creates that depth of joy. And so there's just this beautiful kind of life experience. And so that was my first taste of that. It was a pretty, pretty important time. You know, kind of another cycle of that time was when I left my first husband. So, you know, there's these, you know, it doesn't have to be. So just just for the listeners, you don't have to leave someone <laughs> in order to reclaim yourself, right? That's just what was right for me at that time. You know, as I've matured and grown, I realize I can do things within relationship. But at those times, I really need to break away. But my first husband, 
I've shared a little bit of my story in other places around this, but, you know, he was an alcoholic and a drug addict. I didn't really understand that when we first met. He was sober. I didn't really, you know, I was like 24. I didn't really have that kind of depth of understanding of their cycles, right? Alcoholic cycles or, you know, kind of drug addiction, how that works. And so, you know, I loved him. I married him. I tried to save him. That's a very big pattern of mine, you know, that I've integrated and worked on for decades. <laughs> and it was very intense. And I lost myself a lot in that relationship. And then, you know, I had a child. I was trying to navigate motherhood without any support from family or friends or my husband. And and so it was just a really, really challenging time. And I feel like so much of who I was kind of got lost in that process. And when I broke away from my husband at the time, because he was really falling into that, you know, drug addiction and that part of the cycle, and I, it was just too much for me and my child. It was really interesting because I, you know, talk about the tower burning. I really lost everything. Like my husband trashed my home and I couldn't repair it, you know, and had to kind of leave it in the middle of the night. Like there's just some really interesting experiences I had. And, and so kind of my whole life literally burned to the ground at that point. And I had to find out who I was. I had to reclaim a piece of myself. I had to start a new cycle. I had to rebirth myself. And so that was just such an intense period. And yet, like, I feel like I really recognize my resiliency and my strength and how important it was for me not to lose myself like that ever again, <laughs> you know, and I haven't at least at that, you know, at that amount of it, you know, I think, you know, I think all of us go through cycles of this kind of, you know, rebirth and, and also remembering and reclaiming who we are and then forgetting again, right? Remembering and forgetting and so I'd say that those were two of the times that, you know, were sort of pivotal in this cycle that I've experienced many times in my life, but, you know, really allowed me to reclaim myself. And I think it's not leaving the relationships that was sort of the thing to focus on, right? It was choosing myself, right? It was choosing myself. And in those relationships, I had to leave the, to choose myself, um, I don't think we have to do that all the time. Yes. So. And I just, I love that you use the, the word remembering, mm. you know, because that's feels very close to reclaiming, you know, and sometimes the remembering comes first because to remember, like there's a self in here mm -hmm. that needs care that needs to separate from or set about, you know, set boundaries or be able to self, I have self-preservation. It's like remembering those needs, remembering the self and being able then to reclaim, okay, what are these parts of me that I've neglected or minimized or in some cases betrayed, you know, parts of ourselves that we betray yeah. that we have to, to repair with. And yeah, I think betrayal yeah. is something we're going to talk a lot about this season for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I really appreciate those, you know, vulnerable shares. It's like mm -hmm. the, those are the stories that shape so much of who we are in our life's work. And so you've mentioned that you've, you've used that term life's work. So how would you define that right now at this stage in your career, looking back, maybe even giving the listeners a little bit of an overview of the, of the 
career, but also just then what is this defining moment that you find yourself in right now? I love that. I'll start with my background. And I actually have to go back to my childhood to sort of like talk about my background because I think I read my first self-development book at nine and it was called Positive Solitude, right? And I think that really defines- <laughs> So telling, I love it. Right? It really defines where I was at that point. I was a very introverted child, although I played the game, played whatever game anyone needed, right? I was, I was there, I was supporting others, I was always kind of there. But internally, I had this, this very big questioning, curiosity. I always was exploring things. And I was incredibly interested about human behavior and motivation and psychology. People really talked to me, you know, honestly, way too much when I was a young child. It was like, you know, someone would sit down next to me and they would just tell me their whole life story and I would hear all their secrets. And, you know, somehow I have that vibration about me that feel people feel comfortable to open up, which is a gift, although I didn't see it that way as a child. And so, you know, I think that kind of tells a lot about me. And as I... As I grew up, I was quite interested in psychology. It was always something I was studying and interested in. And even in high school, I took a, a college level like psychology class because I just loved it. And then I went to college and I studied psychology. And about halfway through, I realized that I didn't want to teach psychology and I didn't want to be a normal psychologist. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, because I'm quite interested in psychology, but this isn't the path I want to go. And so I gave myself permission, actually, and I think this is a pivotal piece because I don't feel like we do this enough in our lives, but I gave myself permission to take an entire semester of random subjects in college. Whatever interested me, whatever I was curious about, you know, and, and I just wanted to try because I didn't want to get stuck in a, you know, career that I hated. And so one of the classes I tried was advertising. And I realized, ooh, there's a lot of psychology in advertising. Okay, I'm going to try that. And so I went on to kind of graduate and get a degree in journalism and advertising and marketing. And so, yeah, it kind of started me on this business path, right? To, you know, I, I mean, my parents were entrepreneurs, both of them as well. And so, you know, I kind of had that, that history, but I never even thought of going into business for myself. But I found myself in an advertising agency. That was kind of my my first real job. And in that process, it was really interesting because this agency was very toxic workplace. It was a very sexist workplace, right? So I had kind of all these like interesting experiences. And in, in like, you know, 10 months, I had done like four years worth of work. I had won a lot of awards. And, you know, I mean, this is like my first real job and it was like 10 months, right? So the the sort of person that I worked with in there was another young woman. And, and we decided, you know what, this toxic environment isn't a place for us. Let's just start our own branding agency, right? <laughs> we were like young whippersnappers, right? We have no idea like who, what we're doing, who we are, how the hell to run a business, right? It was a serious, serious education, but we did. We leaped out we started a branding business. And, you know, for me, sort of the core of what I did in that branding business was try to pull out the essence of people, right? I was, 
you know, I used all that psychology, all that understanding of human behavior to look at the business owner and help describe who they were, what their mission was, what their vision was, right? And I loved that process. And it gave me just this amazing, I, I ran that company for five years. It gave me this amazing kind of experience in business, you know, entrepreneurism. But I got to use all that kind of psychology and those pieces. And through that process, I became kind of disillusioned with advertising and marketing, right? And sort of like the manipulation and just the, just the way that field runs. And I started to get really interested in working with the business owners. I thought, wow, there's so much they're navigating, right? And I'm sure Laura can relate to this and you'll hear more about this in her interview as well. But, you know, there's so much that they're dealing with psychologically. The issues that they're facing in their business are often not even related to their business. They're actually related to their internal development, what's happening inside of them. And so that became just this obsession, this, this passion of mine to, to study every everything I could about the psychology and the, the behavior and the motivation and sort of understanding what makes us tick. And that's something I was just always interested in. And I applied that to business and I applied that to business owners. And so I became a coach and pretty much I did that for a long, long time. I've been basically been an entrepreneur for 22 years. I've gotten the opportunity to work with thousands of leaders in both corporate and business environments. And so I've, I've sort of been, you know, in the inner world of many, many leaders. And it's allowed me to understand that so much of our blocks to success really have nothing to do with the outside world, the things we're doing or not doing, the goals we're achieving or not achieving. It's like there's all the internal processes that are stopping us. And self-development is something I've not only done through all of the work that I've done in my coaching and working with others, it's also what I've done in myself. I've done so much self-development work, you know, since I was young, but especially picked up in my 20s. And so I've applied all that to my work. And I, I, I love it because, you know, in, in the thousands of people I've worked with over 22 years, I've just, I learn stuff and I apply it, right? And so I've been able to test all of these things. And over that time, I've really developed my own processes and my own ways of, you know, kind of navigating obstacles and what we're facing in leadership. So all that said... <laughs> I've, I made a very big change last year. And for those people who followed me and known me and, you know, maybe not, not yet know the changes that I've made, but last year, it, something I've been sitting with for quite a few years is that my interest, my passion, and for anyone who's worked with me, they're going to know this right away, is in the self-work right? It's in the self-development. It's, it's helping people understand who they are and how they operate and the psychology of that and how we can sort of move past our obstacles and how we can reclaim ourselves, right? Reclaiming ourselves is a big piece of my work. And it was very kind of distorted at times by working with businesses, right? So I was a business coach for a long time. I was kind of boxed into this sort of business coaching structure. Even though people would come to me for business, we'd do all the self-work and I made sure there was those alignments. But still everybody wanted to work on their business, 
right? It's still this like really interesting process of, you know, okay, that's great. I agree. I'm dealing with shame and fear, but, but I just need to know how to market my business, right? Like it was, so it was just like for me, right? It was a, it was this constant conflict. And I was like, but I, I want to work on the self because that's where the issues are. That's where everything's going to unfold. That's the ripple effect. And I was still often being pulled towards sales and marketing and, and all of those things. And, and, and so for, for actually, if I'm really honest, for quite a long time, I think, you know, when, when we were moving, when we were going nomadic again last year, I went through a lot of old, old journals like to, that I had. And even 10 years ago, I was like, I think I should take my business coaching hat off and, <laughs> And I still didn't. And so last year, I made this decision that I needed to focus on my life's work, which is in the personal development realm and the self-development realm. And I, I'm, you know, it was a very hard decision to take off that business coaching hat. And I think because the way I teach business, the world needs, <laughs> to be honest, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, but it's not my joy and it's not my passion and and so it it took a lot but it was a really really important pivotal decision to focus all my work in the self development realm and to let go of the business teachings and all of the things related to business so i still work with business owners i still work with people in leadership but I work around the topics that are more internal. And so now I'm, I absolutely love it. I, I'm actually doing a lot of speaking. So, you know, that's something I've always done events and speaking. I've never highlighted it or focused on it quite in the way I am now, but I've done, you know, I think 700 plus events over the years, right? I've done a lot of events and now I'm doing a lot of speaking in corporate environments on emotional intelligence, on energy management, on transformational leadership, on women's empowerment. And I'm seeing how important it is right now that we're planting these seeds, particularly around emotional intelligence. And as Laura and I will talk a lot about, whole body intelligence, right? Emotional and somatic intelligence, that this intelligence in our bodies, this understanding of who we are, this embracing our emotions, even understanding what emotions are, these are such important topics that we need to be bringing out in the world, in our leadership, and in our organizations. And so that's a lot of what I'm doing now. I still do some coaching groups here and there. I still do a few one-on-one -on -one retreats a year in Mexico, which are pretty amazing. But that's that's where my focus is, a lot on the corporate speaking. And it's so wonderful to be talking about the things that matter, you know, and not to say that business isn't wonderful and that sales and marketing isn't necessary, but the stuff that really matters is how we're operating right? And who we are, right? So the reclaiming ourselves for me, you know, I kind of, I've done three podcasts. So Laura and I, we, we did, you know, women in the business arena. I created one season of a podcast called the feminine lens. And, you know, we've, Laura and I've been podcasting for almost six years now. So I wanted to let go of the business one, Women in the Business Arena, which is incredibly successful. And it was a really hard decision to let it go, but I needed to take off that business hat 100%. And so, you know, as I was exploring what could we do, because I love podcasting, I realized that at the core of everything I've ever taught, right, at the core of my life's work is this piece about reclaiming ourselves 
And that's what led the inspiration to, to kind of create this podcast. And I knew that I wanted to pull in people who, first of all, I know have reclaimed themselves or, you know, at least a lot, a lot of different pieces of themselves and who could talk to these different threads around what this topic really means, because this is such an important piece. Until we reclaim ourselves, we can't really rebalance our lives. Until we reclaim ourselves, we can't really experience joy. Until we reclaim ourselves, we can't do our life's work. Until we reclaim ourselves, we can't embrace our purpose, right? If it really at the thread of every single thing we want in our lives, deeply and passionately reclaiming ourselves is the first step. And so, you know, that's kind of, you know, how I wound here was through all this experience as I was starting to look at what have I learned, right? What have I seen in all the people that I've worked with and reclaiming ourselves is a really core piece. And so just to kind of wrap it up, Laura, what you were asking me about my life's work, and I feel like I've called it many different things. But at the core of it, it really is about helping people reclaim themselves. And that means really seeing who they are, right? Not who they should be or who they could be, but who they already are. And there's many different threads of things I've talked about over the years. Like, you know, you are worthy just by breathing. So you are already worthy. And so we just have to reclaim that. We have to reclaim our worth. It's already there. We don't have to do anything to become worthy. Or embracing our feminine power is a key part of this as well, because when we're reclaiming ourselves, it is a lot about surrender. It is a lot about letting go. It is a lot about some of those feminine tools that we don't always understand or talk about. And in my corporate work, I talk a lot about bringing humanity back into leadership, you know, because it is embracing the fullness of who we are, our messy selves, all of our emotions, our anger and our sadness and our happiness and our joy. Like it, when we embrace all of who we are and all of what makes us human, that's when we really start to change the world and, and transform things. And so I think that is really kind of the core of my life's work. Yes, yes. And as you talk about it, I mean, I can just feel and see the passion that you bring in to this stage of your career. It sounds like there's a synthesis of experience, lived experience. You know, you're taking all of it and, and really bringing it into service with your clients in a whole new way. And that takes a lot of courage to step away from an old identity. So yeah. So I'm going to ask yeah. you a little juicy question here. Okay. Juicy question. Fire. <laughs> so I'm curious, you know, you named a lot of really important aspects that we have to reclaim in general, you know, people reclaiming things that are their birthright, reclaiming certain things that they've always had, but they've maybe forgotten sense of worth and value. So I'm curious if you would share with us today and the listeners, you know, what have you really had to give yourself permission to reclaim mm. in order to make this transition. Yeah. It, yeah. So one. I say it's juicy because I, I you know, kind of like going in, but it's like, what do you, if you were to name it, like, what do you think you've had to really <sighs> give yourself permission to reclaim in order to do that? Yeah. There's so many different little pieces, right? So I've reclaimed so much over the years and, and it's been such this constant process of forgetting and remembering, as I mentioned before. And mm -hmm. I feel like I've had to reclaim selfishness mm. in a way, right? Like good, empowered, 
beautiful selfishness because mm. most of my life I've spent serving others. And, you know, and that was very much a, a pattern I learned from my mother. It was very much a pattern we learn in society as women. You know, it, you know, it's about supporting others and serving others. And, you know, I think wearing my business coaching hat for so long was also about that. It was about, you know, people need me. People need this work that I've I've done. Like, you know, people get benefit from it. You know, it was all this thinking about others. And I can't, I can't let that go. And so this was in a way a very big selfishness. And and for my family too, right? Because I made good money being a business coach. It's a in in it's not that it's more accessible money, but there's something that people people are willing to invest more in their business than they are themselves, right? That's a whole thing. We could talk about that thread. But you know, it was also pivoting so dramatically. Cause really like my whole identity for years has been rooted in that in that business coaching side. Is it was a very big change financially, a big change energetically, a big I mean, on so many levels. And so it was something I had to do for myself and ultimately the world, right? <laughs> but I had to do it for myself first. And so I feel like I really reclaimed sort of this responsible selfishness. And, mm. you know, it was it was really good. And, and I had to reclaim what I'm really passionate about. Because I can weave my passion into lots of areas, right? And I know you know this too. And anyone who's been a longtime entrepreneur – they will have fit themselves into different boxes, right? Because we do. We kind of were able to flow and all these, oh, well, this is relevant. This is what I love to do, but this is also what's relevant to the world. This is where we can help. Oh, here's a gap. We can fill it. Right? There's all these pieces that we're that we we see and we do, you know, trying to to help the world and change the world and make the world a better place. And and that's kind of the core of our motivation. But being able to reclaim what really matters to me, all that matters to me, not wrapped in a pretty package that the world wants. <laughs> that was, that was really powerful. And I still feel like I'm on that journey. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of years of default I'm having to let go of. And, you know, sometimes I, I was saying recently, a couple months ago, it was like, sometimes I wake up and I still feel this heaviness right? That I used to feel because I'm doing something that's important, but not something that is fully me. And when I have that aha moment of like, oh, I don't have to do anything today except what I love. It is such joy. It is such a relief. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's something really important that I've had to reclaim. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I'm going to hold on to this phrase that you used, uh, responsible selfishness. Yes. Yes. And, and that's exactly, um, what I was curious about is, you know, what is it that you had to kind of dig in deep and, and it's, it takes a lot of courage in this culture. We, we have very much conditioned tendencies to serve at the cost of ourselves, especially women in this culture is about being rewarded for being tuned in, being empathic and being, you know, the caregiver. And we don't get a lot of accolades as far as financial rewards for that. There's a lot of unpaid emotional labor going on, but there is so much wrapped up in our worth as perceived from the cultural view. So I love what you're saying is that to be just self-centered 
in a very empowering way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's more and more research about self-compassion, self-connection, mm-hmm. that that is a way in which we thrive as an individual human being. It's like firing all the right places in the brain and getting us the health and well-being that we need. Because why? Because then we serve. And that's what you said is that you said, well, I've got to serve self in, in order to serve the world. That's right. And you know, what's really interesting is because, you know, this is a, I'm constantly in development, right? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> work I'm, in process, right? <laughs> work in process, right? So on therapy, healing, exploration, you know, all of the above, I'm always doing it. And recently I was, I really had this awareness because my therapist was asking me, have you ever served from a place of optimum energy? And I was like, honestly, no. <laughs> like, you know, and so it's interesting that my norm is depletion, right? You know, energy depletion. And so, and this is, you know, this is a topic I talk about because it's a topic I know really well, right? I teach energy management because I have worked on this in myself for decades and with others. And it's a constant work in progress. There's so many ways we're taught to deplete our energy, and we're taught to serve and, you know, self-last. And I love what you said earlier because I also teach a lot about the self coming first. Like when I'm teaching emotional intelligence, a lot of people are more interested in how how do you have empathy for others? Well, you can't have empathy for others if you don't have empathy for yourself. You can't have compassion for others, not real compassion, if you don't have compassion for yourself. You can't have non-judgment for others if you don't have non-judgment for yourself. Everything starts with the self. And, you know, selfishness is the same. Like we have to, we have to pull back in that self-centeredness so that we can heal, so that we can understand how we function at optimal level. And then from all those places, we're able to serve in such a higher vibration and such a better way and such a, you know, more serviceable way. I think, and I think we struggle with this in families, right? Like we you know, and I know this, like, I, I feel like I've nailed a lot of things outside, you know, still working <laughs> on the family, <laughs> but, you know, we serve the family first. We make sure our kids are well. We make sure our husband's well. We make sure, you know, all the things are handled and then we give ourselves something last. And, you know, you know, kind of talking about something else I've reclaimed, one of the things I've reclaimed about myself and it's more right now in the knowing phase rather than the practicing phase, but I had to reclaim that I need a massive amount of space and time alone, like massive, right? Like, I don't know. I think it's more than average, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe no one's honest with themselves at how much they need. I need dedicated time where I am not managing anyone else or anything else. And I can just self-explore. I can do nothing. I can, you know, read a book all day. I can, you know, like I need massive amounts of that time to get at my optimal level. And it's really hard to carve that out, right? It's really hard to create that in the society that we have in the ways that the world functions, even in the ways that our family functions. And so, you know, it's this really interesting piece of like, I've started to reclaim that, to understand that. And then I'm still in practice with trying to create enough of that in my life. But I think that's a really important piece too. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so... For those that are listening, kind of to move from the 
the theoretical to a little more pragmatic, you know, how would someone that's listening recognize that they need this level of reclaiming that they, that they would need to work with you? And what does that even look like? Yeah. So I think that I'm really big on trusting your gut, right? And trusting a feeling. So I feel like when people listen to me and they know they're ready to work with me, there's a, there's a feeling, there's a, there's something that pulls them. But oftentimes some of the circumstances are they're feeling blocks in their world in what they want to create. And of course, a lot of people, when you look at sort of this, the topic of this conversation that we're having, you're sort of reclaiming ourselves, you know, they're feeling disconnected to who they are, or they struggle to tap into what their mission is or purpose is, or maybe they've remembered in the past and they've forgotten again in their current circumstances. And so I feel like at the core of the people who want to work with me, there's this desire to know themselves again, right? This desire to understand how they work and operate and how to craft their life in a way that really is aligned with who they are. So much of the work I did, even the business work was about helping people reclaim themselves. Like there's this process that I created where it's like reclaiming self and we're like, oh, there's a piece of myself. Oh, this is who I actually am. Yay. And then we have to realign our life. I call it resynchronization mm-hmm. because, you know, we're new, we're reclaimed. It's different and nothing's going to quite fit the same. And so we've got to kind of reclaim those pieces. And, and then only when we go through that process a few times, can we step into what I call embodied leadership, where we're leading from that reclaimed self, right? We're not leading others because we have influence or we're trying to tell other people what to do, or even that we're trying to be the example. I mean, what happens is when we're embodied, we are the example, but that's not the mission. The mission is to lead from a place of wholeness, right? From a place of understanding who we are, shining brightly. And so I think that that's kind of a, a, a cool piece in terms of how people resonate. And in my corporate work, it's really about recognizing that your organization needs some emotional intelligence, right? <laughs> needs some. There needs some care happening in there. And there's some interest in actually shifting the way people are operating, not just coming in with a nice coat of paint and saying, here, let me just teach you about something that no one's going to integrate. The work that I do in corporate, the speaking and the workshops that I do, they're about creating new awareness. So, you know, like for instance, I teach about understanding emotions. Just an hour in a workshop where you're learning about what emotions even are and how important they are and how to embrace them, it changes the dynamic in the workplace. And people have these, these awarenesses that, ah, you know, that's what's been going on or that's what's happening to me or, oh, wait, I can just embrace it. I can embrace it in myself and others. Like, what does that mean? And so there's some really cool seeds that can be planted and quite a lot of transformation that can happen. So that's my corporate work. And in my individual work with leaders, it's about, you know, wanting to lead fully. So it's not just about embodied leadership. It's like wanting a full life as well right? We're, we're so big on separating 
our work in life and, you know, compartmentalizing, which is truly impossible, but we sure as hell try, <laughs> right, mm -hmm. to go compartmentalizing. But what I think most of us want is, is total fulfillment, right? Fulfillment in our life, fulfillment in our work, a, a better blend of what that looks like. And so, you know, that's a, a call to work with leaders who are ready for that. Oh, well, I don't know about everyone else, but this conversation has me eager to hear more about where you're going with this conversation, where we're going to be going in this conversation with reclaiming ourselves. And, you know, it really struck me that this is definitely a deep dive into self and it's, it's a lot more convenient and easier to focus on what's wrong out there and what's going on with the other. Yes. Uh, it's a lot more vulnerable and takes a lot of courage to examine the self and that self-awareness is what I hear is a big focus and passion for you. It's just illuminating more and more that people can be comfortable in this body of theirs and in their wholeness and from the self leading from that space, things open up in a whole new way and in a whole new perspective. So I love mm, that. Thank you. Thank you for tying that up. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So all of you listeners, mark your calendar for every podcast that's going to be coming out because this is going to be really good. But before mm -hmm. you go, I also just want to bring it to some fun questions off. So get a little bit, a little rapid fire inquiry and the things that that you do love, things that excite you, delight you. So what's on your book stand? What are your favorite books? Oh gosh. I like it's so hard when you have to like start contemplating books. Like there's so many. <laughs> so most everybody who's ever listened to any of the other podcasts knows that I'm a huge fan of Judith Dirk, right? Who yes. wrote Circle of Stones and I Sit Listening to the Wind. And in particular, I love those books because I think they're one of the few real representations of what I would call the feminine energy. Like she describes, well, she describes both the masculine and the feminine energy, but she she does it in such this really powerful way that I don't know, it, it's embodied. It's really palpable and you can really feel it. And, and I think it's just, it's just this great example. And no matter how many times I read those books or open those books, like it's just more and more insight. Like it's just really interesting. And I remember it sat on my shelf for a long time because I was like, ah, I don't want to really run read these stories are, you know, it's kind of old, it's like done in the nineties, but I, I use it kind of like a Bible these days. So, you know, it's really powerful. And, and then something I've been doing and, and Laura and I've talked about this as well is like, I really love fiction and I love, I, it's like, such a beautiful indulgent day when I can lay in bed and read fiction all day. And I love fantasy and I love magic and Laura, it titles it uh, what is it you say like magical realism, magical realism. Yeah. Yes. And yes. so there's so many great authors and books who do that. But one of my favorite books recently, well, in the last year was there's an author named Amy Harmon. And she writes, she, she actually doesn't usually write magical books. She writes more historical books, but they're like so emotional and involved and just, they're just amazing. She's a really, really amazing writer, but she wrote this one fantasy book called The Bird and the Sword. Mm. And you know how, like when you have a book, I, maybe I'm just the only one who does this, but I have a book that I love so much. I don't want to finish the last chapter because it's like... <laughs> Don't. I do that. <laughs> okay, good. Like, I don't want to wrap up. I don't want to finish. I just don't, I don't want to end. And so that was one of those books for me where I think I sat for like a month with like the last chapter. So I'm like, I don't want it to end. She just writes characters 
in such this emotional and beautiful and empowering ways. And this particular book was like about, well, I don't want to tell you what it's about because you should just go and read it. <laughs> yes, but, we'll have to go read you know, it because it's yeah. on my list now. Yeah, but it, it's a lot about reclaiming your voice. Mm. And so, you know, that's a, another sort of passionate topic for me. So, yeah, I think I think that's that's my yes. books for today. <laughs> I love that. I don't remember anyone else, but I'm, I'm writing that one down. So what about for listening? What do you like for music or podcast? Is that, yeah. So, Music, I really love music and I listen to it all the time. And I usually create my own playlists because I love so much varied music, right? Right now, I'm really into this playlist that I created. And if you are interested, you can actually find it on Spotify because I put Yay. it out there for the I was going to ask. I was like, yeah, you create a playlist. You I better did. make that public. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Sonia, everyone listening, she's actually very good at creating musical <laughs> playlists. I used to enjoy that when we were working together and living together. Yes. And so it's called embodying me. And yeah, it's a, it's a very emotional playlist. Cause like the, like one of the, my favorite songs right now is this song called unveiled and it's by Loa. And it's just this emotional, like, Oh, unveiling, right? It's like there, there's a lot of like stripping bare that I, I quite like in music. I like when there's these raw vocals or there is, you know, something that emotionally taps into something that most of us have experienced, but we don't talk about. And so that's that. This is that playlist. It's like it's the thing that brings me into my emotions and back into my body. And mm. I think that's a very powerful place that music can take us to. Yes. Yes. I'm going to be looking that one up. So what about favorite TV shows? Do you have a favorite TV episodes? I love watching TV shows. Like, just to say, <laughs> like, I'm a Netflix binger. This is, I love doing that in my spare time. There's so many great TV shows I could list like a million, but I just to kind of share sort of my favorite kind of TV show, if you've never seen it on Hulu, there's this really great series called Normal People. And it's done, I think it's done by an Irish producer. And so I love slow things, right? Slow TV the shows, slow, slow movies. Yeah. Like that are very intensely focused on relationship, right? So mm -hmm. I like that connection, that, you know, relationship. I love when characters are very fully developed. And I like when there's quietness, right? I think so many people are scared to do quietness. I mean, there's all the, you know, everything's about the big thriller and the, the more intensity and, you know, blow up effects. And, but when you have someone who can develop a story, in slowness, it is truly magical. And that's that show. And so that kind of shares mm. with me some of my favorite shows are like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. All that relationship based. That's yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch that one yeah, too. That's good. What about your favorite foods? So is coffee a food? <laughs> <laughs> I think we can put it into a category here. Favorite food and beverage. I just edited okay. that. Okay. So I love coffee. I'm a big coffee snob. I go into a new location and the first thing I do is look for the best coffee shops. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a very important part of my process. So love coffee and, you know, good coffee is just the best. I won't drink bad coffee. So I really am a snob. I love Mexican food, which is really good to be in Mexico. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're in a good spot. <laughs> oh my God. Everything I go out, I'm just like, oh, so good. It's like, you know, all the flavors and the spices and the, so love all of that. And actually, you know, I've had people ask me in the past, like, if you could only take one food to a, to a desert island, right? Have you ever been asked that question? Yes. For me, it's eggs. Like it's the funniest thing, but yeah. I friggin' love eggs. I eat eggs every single morning for breakfast. I could eat eggs all day. I never get sick of eggs. It's like my favorite food. <laughs> I know this is all about you right now, but I just have to say it's so funny because I just told my husband, I was like, honey, if I ever just need a few things, I need eggs, tortillas, and cheese. And That's then right. I, I was like, yes. <laughs> That's what I can get by. If you get, if you look in my fridge right now, there's a ton of eggs, bacon, tortillas, and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we did really well together. Because not everyone, but we were roommates for a short time, and yes, it was we amazing because we had it very was. much similar. So, last rapid fire: What is your favorite indulgence? <sighs> really, doing anything by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love people. I love connection. I love being around all all kinds of people. But where I really, truly get energy, I mean, I really am an introvert, is like time by myself. And the biggest indulgence is like having a day or a couple days, right, to just make decisions for myself, right? To not think about what the family needs, to not think about what my clients need, to not think about what the world needs, but to literally just be like, I'm not hungry, so I don't have to worry about food. Or I am hungry, so I'm going to go get some food. Or you know what? I just want to lay in bed and do literally nothing. Like that sounds amazing. That is my favorite indulgence. That sounds so divine. Right? I love it. And it shouldn't even it. be an indulgence, right? Like it should be a norm. <laughs> it should just but, be like. <laughs> but that's a whole be, topic. <laughs> well, we all get to do. And we're going to talk more and more and more. And, and so I hope everyone is excited as I am about this season and this conversation around reclaiming ourselves. So thank you. Is there anything else that you want to add before we go just for the listeners to know? Well, I just have to say I am so excited about this podcast and this season. Like I have some amazing co-hosts, Laura being the most amazingness. I mean, like, you know, you all know Laura. And, you know, so excited to unravel this topic. And I feel like it's truly going to be an unraveling. It's already been an unraveling energetically, I think, for all of us who are hosting it. You know, I think all of us feel as we've just embarked upon this journey that we are all going through some sort of unraveling and recreation and rebirth. And so I really, truly invite you in as a listener to allow that energy, energy, space, vibration to, to also sit within you and see what there is to unravel, right? What there is to rediscover, what there is to rebirth, because those are the most magical times that we have in, in this lifetime, in this world and in sort of this place that we, we live in. And so that's, that's kind of what I would invite you to do. Mm. Well, thank you, Sonia, for your time in this conversation. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to all the future conversations to be had. Me too. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Reclaiming Ourselves. Looking for a speaker for your organization or want to dive deeper into the process of reclaiming yourself? 
I would love an opportunity to work with you. You can find more about my services, read articles, and listen to all of my podcast episodes at soniastatman.com. Have an amazing day and thanks for listening. See you next time. Yeah.